everyone, and thank you for clicking on the Sean B. Show. It is Tuesday, November 8th, the year 2022, and I am in the Edge Construction studio in Columbus, Indiana. Edge Construction. Look, you need some dirt work done, some site development done, all things construction. Edge has got your back. My boy Brian Jones can be reached at 343-3035-812-343-3035. Contact Edge Construction for all your construction needs and tell Brian that the Sean B. Show sent you. He'll take care of you. Now, for this episode today, lots of stuff packed in here, okay? I'm surprised. It took a little over an hour to get it all in, but we got it all in. Lots of stuff going on. NFL Week 9 in the books. Colts, new head coach. Colts, head coach out. All kinds of stuff going on. Just check it out already, okay? Okay. You're listening to The Sean B. Show on Second String Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome into The Sean B. Show. It is Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. Huge day yesterday in Indianapolis Colts land. It's election day. So all kinds of stuff going on today. Lots to talk about. Uh, We're not going to talk anything more about the election because honestly i uh i don't care as much as i should and maybe that's bad maybe i maybe i shouldn't be that way but i am that way like i just don't i i've stopped giving a shit such a fucking battle every time everybody wants to argue and fight such a battle who wants to talk about that shit for fun like you got to talk about it sometimes because it comes up and you want to have conversations with people and learn what they feel and this and that. But at the end of the day, like for fun, who wants to talk about it? Fucking not me, not me, not ever, but a giant day yesterday in Indianapolis Colts lore, a whole new era about to begin in uh, Indianapolis Colts football. Got a, a lot to talk about with that. Uh, so I don't even want to, I don't even know. There's no good way to preface that. And I know if I do that, I'm going to get into it. And I don't want to get into it yet because there are other things going on in the world that I need to make sure I get to today. Uh, for example, the Indiana Pacers uh, won a basketball game last night. Uh, Indiana defeating New Orleans 129 to 122. Miles Turner. Whew. Okay, Miles, you're working on that trade value. I know I talked about it. Uh, a while back with you and like what value did you have and and uh be, to be completely honest with you dude miles turner last night 37 and 12 double double uh jalen smith added his own double double at 15 and 11 matherin with eight off the bench uh tj mcconnell with 10 off the bench buddy healed added 20 points the pacers scored a buck 29 beating the pelicans Moving to five and five. Listen, the Indiana Pacers are right there in the thick of kind of, you know, everybody expected this to be a weird, bad season for the Pacers, right? And then Benedict Matherin comes in and starts blowing shit up from the get-go. And then, you know, like this team, uh, like it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens throughout the course of this season. Because to be completely honest with you, they looked really good last night. They looked really, really good last night against New Orleans at home. They got Denver uh, what third uh, tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday night. They'll have the Denver Nuggets at home. It's going to be another tough one. Uh, the Indiana Hoosiers starting off their season, defeating Moorhead State 88-53. to And look, TJD 15-7, and uh, Renau with 15 points off the bench, Jordan Geronimo with 10 points off the bench. And the Hoosiers just looked like a, a full team that was heads and tails better than Morehead State. Uh, we got to start this this non-conference season, this this week start that you'll get. They play Beth and Cookman Thursday. Uh, they have Xavier on the 18th, Miami of Ohio. Uh, they play Little Rock, Jackson State. Uh, all things leading up to the Big Ten ACC Challenge, November 30th at Assembly Hall. Number one, North Carolina comes to town to play the Hoosiers. Uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge, always a, always a good time. Indiana ranked number 13 right now in the country. The, the Tar Heels, number one, uh, should be a great game. Going to be a huge test for the Hoosiers, who then immediately will start a couple of games in the Big Ten season and then go to Arizona, and then play, and then play Arizona. 
then play Kansas, you know, then a game with Elon and Kennesaw State before the Big Ten season starts. So that's just, that's a pretty standard thing, like how this operates, right? Like you've got your, your, your kind of bullshit, like pre Big Ten season games. Indiana did a lot of that over the past few years. This year's preseason schedule is interesting. A lot of ranked teams, uh, number 17, Arizona, number five, Kansas, uh, number one, North Carolina. Uh, so, you know, Indiana kind of testing themselves in that preseason. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it made me a bumpy road. But this Hoosiers team looks really good, really poised to make a big run. TJD really poised to, to be one of the top players in college basketball this season. And that's a very exciting. So... <laughs> NFL Sunday. Look, games were played. Fun was had. It's hard today as a, uh, I'm going to call myself a member of Colts media. Um, they, I don't think they know that, but I'm going to call myself that. But uh, <laughs> it's hard today as a guy who likes to talk about the Colts, as a guy who loves the Colts, it's hard to talk about Anything else that happened on Sunday. There were some cool things that happened in week nine of the NFL season. All right. The Texans gave the Eagles a better game than anybody thought they would. Okay. Uh, the Lions beat the Packers. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons look way. Look, the Falcons, the Seahawks, uh, the Jets, these teams that we just didn't think were going to be any good. Like, Everybody's expectations from, from the beginning of the year have been absolutely crushed. Crushed. You know, and mine included. It's it makes it fun. It makes it difficult to, I don't know, profit if you happen to be a, a an NFL better. It makes it difficult to have to go back to things you said at the beginning of the season and kind of say, well, fuck, they fucked me on that. You know, Seattle. See, the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks. I thought there was a possibility this team wouldn't win a football game this year. They're 6-3. and three. They are first place in the NFC West, have a two-game lead over the 49ers in the NFC West. That's insane. That's Sorry, a game-and-a-half lead. That's insane to me. So the the Vikings are seven and one. The Vikings have a four and a half game lead over the NFC North. I don't know if the Packers have time to get their shit together and catch the Vikings. Let's not write off the Bears who have Justin Fields, who's an absolute dog. Tampa Bay is four and five. Uh, I believe they are going to be the beneficiary of another relatively weak division. Although I said, you know, the Falcons, the Falcons are four and five. The Falcons are balling. Uh, the Panthers started Baker Mayfield Sunday, and they're going to go back to PJ Walker. They said that PJ Walker's the guy in Carolina. So just a lot of different things. That are that are blowing expectation out of the water, and look, that's what makes it fun, right? It's why comedy is good. Stand up comedy will they'll tell a story, and then the punchline takes you in a completely different fucking direction, and that's what makes it good. You know, people like me, people like uh, you know any random podcaster, up to any member of national media, told a story of how they thought this NFL season would go, and and we're being completely wronged. But at the same time, like that makes it interesting. So, for example, like the Indianapolis Colts are sitting here like, uh, we're fucking terrible. And they weren't supposed to be. The Bears just added Chase Claypool. I I don't know if adding a receiver. Yeah, I thank you, Chris. I don't know if adding a receiver to I, I, look, I don't think Justin Fields is the type of quarterback that's gonna that's going to hit those, 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 those downfield targets. I don't know. If, I don't know if he'll develop into that. I know he's got an arm. I just don't know if it's a very good arm. Um, you know, he's had Darnell Mooney. Now he's got chase Claypool, but like 
where Fields will get you at like 17 to 28 for a buck 23 and three touchdowns. That's a Justin Fields stat line. 123 passing yards, but three tuds. 15 carries for 178 yards and another tud. It's a gigantic fantasy day. I'm not sure what the impact of Chase Claypool will be to the Bears. See, let's find another one here. Uh, the Jets, the goddamn Jets. As I quote, what is that? Is that Big Daddy? Who's going to win? The goddamn Jets. <laughs> Getting Josh Allen in the Buffalo Bills yesterday, 20 to 17. Look, hey, Josh Allen was an absolute stud on the ground in the first half. Jets defense and, and uh, Sauce Gardner and those guys said, we're not going to lose today. We're not going to lose today. Josh Allen, big Josh Allen injury news. Looked at UCL, that elbow thing that they work on for pitchers and Tommy John surgery. Josh Allen's got a problem. And Sean McDermott was on TV this morning talking about it, and he did not, he did not sound happy. He did not sound positive. He did not sound like he felt good about what was going on with his quarterback. A lot of people have to Google who the Buffalo Bills backup quarterback is. Case Keenum. Ten-year guy, he's like four foot eight. Threw for a lot of passing yards in college, and Case Keenum has had some success in the NFL down in Houston. Okay, he's 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 not he's not Josh Allen, but I mean nobody is. But Case Keenum, the Buffalo Bills backup, where nobody wants to see Josh Allen not on the field. Josh Allen sells tickets. Josh Allen is a great talent. Josh Allen, it feels like. Even though Buffalo struggling, struggled Sunday, it feels like this is the Buffalo Bills' year to do it. It feels like this is Josh Allen's year to make his mark. It, it feels like it's just Buffalo's time. It's time for those people up in Orchard Park to get theirs. Because, look, those guys dealt with some bullshit. Okay, four straight... Uh, Four straight Super Bowls, no win. It's time for them to get there. It felt like that. It's felt like that from the beginning of the year. Then the Bills go on TV and beat the Kansas City Chiefs in a game that, for whatever reason, was on Sunday at 425. So it feels like it's Josh Allen's year, which, which makes this kind of injury, and I don't know if you saw the hit. I'm not allowed to play clips, but uh, kind of – defensive lineman got into the arm of Josh Allen as he was throwing the ball. It looked like it hurt. He obviously grabs his elbow after which um, it looked like it hurt, but then he, then he turns around and throws the longest pass thrown by an NFL quarterback this season. The next play, I think it was a 69 yard pass. that was uh, through the arms of Gabe Davis trying to make a play in there to stay in that game and, and, and perhaps get in the field goal range and, and make that make that game go on, extend that game. So we hope Josh Allen's okay. We don't, nobody wants to see that guy not playing football on Sunday. It's, 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 it's one of the reasons that casual fans, it's one of the reasons that big NFL fans watch football is to see guys like that. And Josh Allen, there's no reason in the world not to root for him. No reason in the world not to root for him. He's a fantastic guy. He's a great quarterback. Fun to watch. Aiden Hutchinson gets Aaron Rodgers in the red zone. Lions win 15-9. The Packers' woes continue. It's the first time Aaron Rodgers has lost five straight games. I want to say in his career. I think it was four, the first time he'd lost four. Now, the Packers, five straight losses, five straight L's. That's not good. That's not good. Like I said, the Minnesota Vikings have a huge lead in the NFC North. Cincinnati Bengals need to figure out who the hell they are, 42-21 over the Panthers. It's hard to watch them on Monday night get slaughtered by Cleveland and then come out and believe that they're going to they're gonna be this threat to repeat the AFC. I've said this to people. I said it a few weeks back, and then, of course, they go on TV and slaughter the Falcons. 
Then I watched Monday Night Football against the Browns. Then they go out and double up the Panthers. Joe Mixon, dog. 22 carries, buck 53 and four tuds. Added another 58 yards through the air with another tud. Five touchdowns. Uh, not a lot of not a lot of people have scored five touchdowns and uh, racked up over 200 all-purpose yards. Jonathan Taylor, the last to do it. What is going on with the Las Vegas Raiders? It looked like they were going to win a game. It looked like they were finally going to get a W. That Clemson connection, though, in Jacksonville, that T-Law and ETN connection there in Jacksonville, wouldn't let it happen. Derek Carr, 21-36, 259, two tuds, much better offensive showing than he had against New Orleans a week ago. Devontae Adams, 10 grabs, buck 46, two tuds, but the Raiders still lose. Still lose. Trevor Lawrence did a really good job of not making mistakes and letting Travis Etienne do his thing. Lawrence was 25-31 for 235 and a tud. Etienne Jr., 28 carries, buck 09, and two tuds of his own. That Clemson connection, baby, that T-Law and ETN Jr. That's going to be tough. Like, those two guys are going to grow up, going to grow into this, and Jacksonville's going to be competitive thanks to these two guys. Look, I, I, I normally have, like, my notes here, you know, like I'm like, ah, oh, my notes, and, like, everything's good. Today, I, I couldn't even – there was no time – to go through game by game. I'm literally doing this on the internet as I go, trying to give my my best wrap up possible of week nine. Because the the thing about the thing about today is you gotta get there's so much conversation around the Colts that I can't not do it. I can't not do it. Sunday night football was interesting. Chiefs Titans. I don't know if the Titans are inconsistent. Or if they just didn't have quite enough to stop Kansas City. I want to, I, I don't want to think Tennessee is any good. I, I just don't. They, they, they blanked the Colts this year, not blanked in the score, but 2 0. Swept them. That's the word I was looking for. They swept the Colts this year. They're 5 and 3, the first place in the AFC South. But look, I've said this every Tuesday. And I'm going to say it again on this Tuesday. We'll talk more about this once I get into Indy's situation here later. But at five and three, you have to go back every, just take shit week by week. At five and three, the Titans are in first place. At three, five and one, the Colts are two, I think that's technically two and a half games behind Tennessee. There's seven games left. This shit isn't over. Now, the Colts have a difficult schedule to finish off. It didn't start as a difficult schedule. Beginning of the year, you wouldn't have said this was a difficult schedule. But by winning percentage, the Colts finished with a difficult schedule. They go to Vegas Sunday. I'll be there. More on that later, too. Lots of fun. I'm so fucking jacked about my Vegas trip this weekend. Lots of fun. Way more on that because that's going to be a day that I'm going to share with you people. They go to Vegas, then they come home and f- they come home to Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I I, <laughs> I don't know how else to say this. <clears throat> you get to a point where you have to concede that right now they're the best team in the NFL, and I I've, I've held off on that forever. Philadelphia is the best team in the NFL right now. So you got Raiders, Eagles, Steelers. That's a great chance to go two and one. Then you got to go to Dallas. That's not easy. Dallas is good. I'm going to tell you how good I think Dallas is here in a minute. Minnesota. The Chargers. We don't have to go to LA. That's at home. Then you, on January 1st, on January fucking 1st, travel to New Jersey and play the Giants, who by record, what makes this cold schedule seem difficult. I think the Giants, I mean, 
if I'm being completely honest with you, the Giants are the worst six and two team in the history of six and two teams. Now that doesn't mean I think they're bad, but when you look at the New York Giants and you say they're six and two, it's not what Dallas's six and two feels like. You know, let's see. Let's look at other teams that are six and two. The New York Giants. There's no way possible I can sit here and tell you that the Giants are on an even playing field with the Dallas Cowboys. There's no way possible I can tell you that the Giants are as good as the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, other six and two teams. And that's not just this year. That's every year in the history of ever. Chris Morrison, what up? Got some comments over here. Mahomes all over the place with a running touchdown. Yeah, dude, Mahomes kept him in the game here at the end. Big, I think it was like a 20-yard first down run. Then on the same drive, he just muscles it in himself. The Chiefs punted seven times, or I'm sorry, had seven straight drives with no points. That's not normal. Mahomes was 43 of 68, 446 yards on a tud. Did throw a pick, uh, 63 more on the ground with a touchdown. I'm just reading from the comments now. I got uh, I got some comments up in the chat, stream chat. Thank you, Rob. How you doing? But what a, what a day! Sunday night football was really good. I got uh, pretty good odds betting the Chiefs. Look, I never thought the Chiefs were going to lose that game, even when they were down by eight and couldn't get across the fifty. I looked for the best possible spot to bet the Chiefs to win because I kind of figured they were going to. Um, and it's not that. Tennessee wasn't at full strength anyway. I don't think Tennessee is near as good as Kansas City is. And I I don't know. Fucking Tennessee. I don't like them. All right? Division rival. Don't like them. There was a part of me that was like, man, can Tennessee do this? And then the other part of me said, I hope not because I don't want them to. Ugh. I don't want to. I don't want to leave anybody out. It's NFL Sunday, okay? I I don't want to leave anyone out. Any talking points? We'll go through these games again. Just uh, we'll do the fastest thirty seconds. The Eagles are obviously really good. The Colts obviously stunk on Sunday. The Lions beat the Packers. Even as bad as the Packers have been, I don't think that. I didn't think that would happen. Chargers edge the Falcons. Chargers not near as good as I thought they would be this year. Jets beat the Bills. Weird. Sauce Gardner is going to be a stud for a long time in this league. The Vikings edge out the commanders. Again, kind of weird. The Bengals over the Panthers double them up. Joe Mixon, five tuds. Jaguars coming back to beat the Raiders. That Clemson connection down there. A couple dogs. Dolphins beat the Bears. Uh, somebody was going to cave. It ended up being the Bears defense. Uh, Seattle beats Arizona. Who I, I mean, are, Arizona, are they even still in the NFL? I mean, I just don't. I mean, they're three and six, but like, what? I, I just don't, I don't know. Cardinals, Kyler Murray. I want them to be good. They're not. Bucks edge out the Rams. All of a sudden, now everyone thinks Tom Brady is a Super Bowl competitor again. Of course he is. He's the GOAT, right? Okay, but here's the thing. Like, this is how quickly people's opinions can change. This is how reactive of a society we are. A week ago, Tom Brady was done. Hang it up. You're 45. Give it up already. What else do you have to accomplish? He makes one final drive in the fourth quarter to overcome the Rams 16 to 13. By the way, the Rams, not that good. And Tom Brady's all of a sudden, are we talking about Super Bowl Tom again? Is this what we're doing? And I think the reason people do that is because Tom Brady's going to make the playoffs. They're going to win the NFC South. Largely because the NFC South isn't that good. Chiefs-Titans, what a game. Uh, third or fourth game that weekend to finish 20-17. Uh, to 17. Also, Patrick Mahomes has a winning record in games where he goes into the fourth quarter behind. That was a weird thing to hear. With that win, he got himself a winning record in games where the Chiefs enter the fourth quarter behind. Fuck around and find out. Ravens-Saints... Looked like a better game than what it was. Baltimore kind of had him the whole time. Lamar Jackson's really good. Uh, 
Um, Isaiah likely impressing again in the absence of Mark Andrews. The Ravens, the Ravens are probably a Super Bowl contender that you don't think is a Super Bowl contender. I feel like they can beat anybody. They are the first team in 11 years that has had a 10-plus point lead in every game they've played this year. What's crazy about that is the Ravens have lost three of those games. All other teams that have ever done it combined have lost one. Ravens know how to blow a game. They didn't blow it yesterday in New Orleans, win 27-13 on Monday Night Football. The Manning cast was incredible as always. I could watch the Mannings all day. I love it. I love it. I could watch the Mannings all day. All day. And hey, look, if you are a believer in the odds that some of these odds makers give, I want you to check this out. Bavada Casino says Peyton Manning is the top odds favorite to be the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And that's not interim. Like he has, he's the odds betting favorite to be the next full-time hired head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Bavada Casino says it's Peyton Manning. I would love to be able to bet on anyone but Peyton Manning because I don't see why Peyton Manning would do that. I have no idea why somebody would think that Peyton Manning would want to do that because people have said that a lot. They're like, he's going to be a coach. He's going to be a coach. He knows so much about football. He's going to be a coach. Why would he do that? Do you see the guy? He gets to talk to celebrities every Monday night on Monday Night Football in the Manning cast. He and Eli get to do that together. He gets to move about the country just being an advocate and celebrating the NFL. One of the NFL's legends gets to continue to talk about the NFL, celebrate the NFL on a, on a, on a level that I, I don't know. I, I know people that do jobs that look awesome, feel pressure, but I can't see how. Like, I have this job in this studio. There's no pressure to this at all. And it sucks, like, right? It sucks at this point because here I am doing this, but like our Thursday cast couldn't do it. Work called. Our Sunday cast couldn't do it. Things didn't work out at home. You know what I mean? Like I still deal with those issues. But when you when you talk about that being your number one thing that you do is being an advocate for the NFL and celebrating the NFL and growing football among generations of people. Why would Peyton Manning, who's got such an impact on the NFL and on football, want to do something that might take away from that impact? So to everyone hoping that Peyton Manning is the next coach of the Indianapolis Colts, I, I just don't see it happening. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I've been wrong about this whole fucking NFL season. I could be wrong about this too. I'm not afraid to be wrong. I have a fantasy football team that is 0-8-1. and <clears throat> On that fantasy football team are Josh Allen and Jonathan Taylor. I'm 0-8-1. and I came into the season with the only expectation being to win the trophy. I will not win that trophy. There is a toilet bowl in that league. I probably won't win that either because for whatever reason, my wide receiver core, my fucking fantasy team is terrible. Terrible. That was a, that was a little rant, wasn't it? Well, hmm. take a little drink of Sprite here because we're going to change directions real quick and run down the new. This is the week nine. After week nine, reactionary, Sean B. Show, NFL power rankings. Of course, I only do a top 10. All right. I'm not trying to go see how low the Colts will be ranked. 27th on ESPN. Okay. Do a top 10. Number 10. I finally have to do this. The New York Jets are number 10. They were not ranked last week. They've never been ranked. I've never ranked them ever. But, hey, that team, Zach Wilson's a fighter. Sauce Gardner's good. These guys are, these guys are, they're playing ball. Look, and that might fall apart, but right now they're playing ball. 
Number nine, San Francisco 49ers dropped two spots from seventh, but that the reality of this is the bottom of this is kind of a hodgepodge. I think the Niners are good, but I can't put them above Seattle right now. Seattle bumps up from number nine to number eight. They just keep winning. They have a they have a, they have a, they have a lead on the on the NFC West. The Seattle Seahawks are a good football team. This is the week where I this is the week where I stop and I say, you know what, Sean, let your preconceived notions go, because the Seattle Seahawks are a good football team. They're playing together. They're playing like brothers. These guys are there to win. They're tough. The Seattle Seahawks, number eight. Number seven, Miami Dolphins. I took, they were not ranked last week. I had to put them right back on track for where they were. Now, I don't think their defense was any good Sunday. But between Tua Tungavailoa, Tyreek Hill, all these guys, they're, <laughs> this is a good football team. Mike McDaniel's a good football coach. The Miami Dolphins are dangerous. Three AFC East teams in this top 10. Who's the other one? Don't know. Yeah, I do. Baltimore's number six. I think the Ravens are a possible Super Bowl contender. I think the Ravens and the AFC might be the only team that could give Kansas City and Buffalo a run for their money. Miami possibly. I don't think Miami has the firepower to compete if if these guys like Mahomes and Josh Allen are, are on fire. You're not going to beat these guys in a shootout. You're going to have to play good defense. Miami doesn't necessarily play defense well. Baltimore plays defense okay. They're just very, very run game, run game, run game. And I don't care. And and again, Lamar Jackson's really good. So you can make the Ravens one-dimensional. You can make them have to beat you with the run game. And you can say that gives you an advantage. But Lamar Jackson's going to run all over you. Kenyon Drake was a stud last night, too. Dallas Cowboys are number five. They stay at number five. Minnesota Vikings, number four. They stay at number four. I had to do this, though. The Kansas City Chiefs are number three. The Buffalo Bills, number two this week on Sean B's Power Rankings. I had to come to terms with the fact that I have to sit here on camera and tell people that right now the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the NFL. And look, everybody everybody points to record, points to record. But nobody can beat them, and they can beat you. They play good defense. Jalen Hurts has had a monster year. Miles Sanders is really good. A.J. Brown's tough. Like these guys, Nick Sirianni's done a great job, done a fantastic job with this Eagles team. They're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. There ain't no. Got a two-game lead on the division. This Eagles team is really, really good. And uh, this is going to be this way for a while. It's going to be this way for a while with years to come because I think their core is really young. And I think Sirianni has kind of submitted himself as a guy who's going to be around for a while. And I don't see the Eagles stopping this year. Best team in the NFL. Let's look and see what they've got coming up. Uh, the Commanders on Monday Night Football. Then they go to Indy. Green Bay comes to Philly. Tennessee comes to Philly. To me, that's their next real challenge. Provided the Colts don't get better overnight. Uh, the Titans go to Philadelphia December 4th in a 1 o'clock game. they got to travel and play New York. Uh, the Bears come to town. Look, the Bears, I feel like, now this is going to be crazy, but the Bears are a team I feel like can compete with the Eagles. I feel like this is a fun matchup. Fly Eagles fly, Clark. I, I, <laughs> I got, I got no argument. Look, I can't even, I, I can't argue, I can't argue this Philadelphia thing anymore. The Bears might give the Eagles the best matchup we've seen in a while. Another high-powered offense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that Justin Fields is just making things happen. Eagles Cowboys December 24th. That's gonna be a ball game. Because I think Dallas is, I think Dallas is a very close second to Philadelphia in that division. I think Cow, I think Dallas is a lot better than people think they might be. Eagles Saints, Eagles Giants again to finish the season. Look, this team might go fifteen and two. This team, I, I don't think they'll finish undefeated. Not, not that I don't think they can. It's just that not very many people do. It's very hard to do. If this Eagles team finishes undefeated. Look the fuck out. Look the fuck out. 
And I, like I said, I don't think they will. Just because going undefeated, being perfect throughout the course of an NFL season is hard to do. But right now, man, they're fucking tough. That's the best team in the NFL right now, hands down. No argument about that. I want to see them. I still want to see them with with a with a bigger challenge. You know, you got you got good wins against Minnesota. Um, I mean, you got a good win against Dallas, even though it was Cooper Rush and not Dak Prescott. I want to see a signature win where people look at this win and they say, yep, that's when the Eagles said, here we are, motherfuckers. I don't see it on their schedule yet. I don't, I don't, Detroit, yeah, Minnesota, maybe. Washington, Jacksonville, Arizona, Dallas with Cooper Rush, Pittsburgh, Houston. That's just not a tough schedule. You've you've gone eight and zero with not a tough schedule, but the reality is it's the NFL, and and it's 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 hard to win games, and they've done it eight times and lost none. Eagles are number one right now. Don't fuck me, Philadelphia. Okay, I have time for that shit. Go online and say the Eagles are number one. Then guess what? Oh man, Monday Night Football, the Commanders. How'd they do it? Taylor Heineke, <laughs> he might be the MVP. I can see it fucking happening. So Clark, I'm very sorry if I. Jinx the Eagles. I think I'm getting spammed on my YouTube, my private photo on this site. Pri- bitch, I'm married. Bitch, I'm married. Private photos in the YouTube comments. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. Jesus. You need chat moderator, Sean B. I have one employee. It's me. All right. That's it. That's it. I can't wait any longer. I got to do this. I can't wait any longer. And I feel like we've gotten into appropriate, an appropriate time to be able to do this. If you don't know right now, get out of the rock you've been under. Jeff Saturday appointed as interim head coach in replacement of Frank Reich, who was fired late Monday morning. Frank Reich fired after a 3-5-1 start. And just honestly, the Colts look awful. Like, let's just be real. Um, maybe a lot of that is expectation. We came into this season expecting the Colts to do big things. The expectations were very, very high on the Indianapolis Colts, on Frank Reich, on Matt Ryan, and on this unit that Chris Ballard has put together over the course of a few years to get here. But yet it fucking happened again. It happened again. Phillip Rivers. I'm not going to say Phillip Rivers let us down. He, he, he did go to the playoffs. Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, just terrible. Just a terrible, like, roller coaster of things. And I'm not blaming anybody for the fact that we've had a quarterback carousel because the only guy to blame for that is Andrew Luck. This is the fallout from the early retirement of Andrew Luck. If you don't know that, you're crazy. Like, if Andrew Luck is still there playing football, we've got our longtime quarterback that we already fucking tanked for back in 2012, 2011. Like, Andrew Luck's early retirement is what led to this quarterback carousel because you can't just get a competitive quarterback when you're an average team. You can't do it. You can get lucky. All right, but you don't, you don't, you don't say, well, we almost made the playoffs. We just need to draft a quarterback. Because any first-round quarterback talent that is going to be a game-changer is gone by the time the average almost-made-the-playoffs teams get to draft. So you're in a pickle, right? Because the rest of this Colts roster is competitive. This offensive line's good. This defense is good. We got guys there. We got, we got the best running back in football. We got Jonathan Taylor. We have to get a quarterback who can win now. Is it Phillip Rivers? Philip Rivers wasn't bad. Is it Carson Wentz? No. Is it Matt Ryan? No. Is it Sam Ellinger? Don't get me fucking started. Because I read, look, I, I was in the Colts groups, okay? People saying, Sam, make Sam a starter. I was like, you're fucking crazy if you think Sam Ellinger ever starts a game. Then Sam Ellinger started two games. And here I am eating my own fucking words. I'm here to say now that Bill Belichick exposed Sam Ellinger for the fact that he's not very good. And he wasn't ever supposed to be very good. Like, this is what people don't get. 
You got him in the sixth round because he was the most talented player on the board. That doesn't mean he's going to be any good. The things you saw in camp, the things that you wanted to see in camp, they're two different things. Problem is we let Nick Sirianni go. Nah. Nick Sirianni's role as a head coach is it's where he belongs. He's Look, he's done well. He's done well. I don't know that it's a full leadership problem. I think we have a... I think well here's what here's what I'm gonna say. Frank Reich is a very nice guy. So when I say things, I don't like to say negative shit. I don't like to get on here and talk shit about people. Frank Reich's a great guy. Look, if you watched him at all in hard knocks, super fantastic guy. Locker room loves him. He's he's a good, genuinely good person. That doesn't mean that you're gonna translate to a good NFL head coach. And it also doesn't mean that you should be what am I gonna say, exempt from having to identify the fact that your own play calling problems are there. I I feel like if Frank Reich had let the play calling duties go long ago, we might not be in this situation. But he couldn't do it. This this try try something crazy on first down, then run it up to gut on second and ten. Shit, it's a it's a it's a long time Colts problem. The Colts have done it forever, but it's the same shit. You look at the guy calling the plays. You look at the guy who wasn't afraid to open up the offense when it was too late. But we're going to be conservative. You know why you would do that though? Look at the fan base. There are fucking. Thousands and thousands of t-shirts circulating around the Colts area, Indianapolis, Indiana, all that. That say, run the damn ball. Run the damn ball. What's the dumbest fucking shirt I've ever seen? It's the dumbest fucking shit I've ever seen. Run the damn ball. Just play fucking football. Sometimes, sometimes blow someone's shit up. You know who doesn't win in the NFL very often? Quarterbacks who who are who are five for seven for ninety yards doesn't fucking work. Cooper Rush may have been some exception. Anyway, I'm gonna stay on track here because I'm. Here's what Jeff Saturday had to say about being appointed a interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. I feel fully capable, excited about the opportunity. Eight games to, you know, listen, here's a great part about my career. I came in, nobody expected anything. I'm here, nobody expects anything. If it goes well, hopefully it'll go extremely well. But I have no uh, preconceived notion that I'm going to be some spectacular anything. I know i got to work hard, and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm auditioning not only for this one, but for, for 31 others just like everybody else in this game. And, and make no mistake, man, the job is win. And uh, I know that's what I'm here to do, and, how can, I, how can I arm the guys in that locker room and how can I arm those coaches to be the best they can be? Because, again, I believe in them. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. And that, that was made clear to both uh, Jim and Chris. If, if I didn't believe in the guys in the room, if I didn't believe in the guys in that locker room, I wouldn't show. I wouldn't show if I didn't believe in them either, Jeff. So the mentality is win. It's an audition for Jeff Saturday. Can we make some progress in this whether it be the locker room or whether it be the product on the field, no matter what it is, can we move this in, a, in the right direction? Or, and this, is what I, and this is what I hate to say, I think this. Or, do we do Jeff Saturday a favor by getting a foot in the door to fucking tank it out? And if I'm right about that, it'd be the second tank move we've taken. Because Clark Simons, you're there in the comments. Nick Foles, baby. I don't understand. And I'm not saying Nick Foles is good. I know he won a Super Bowl in Philly. I know he's a, he's a fantastic, has-been career backup quarterback. He comes off the bench and makes things happen. I'm not saying that he's good. But I got no idea if if it's not if we're not going to go back to Matt Ryan, which we're not. 
There's too much money on the line. We're not going to go back to Matt Ryan. Why is Nick Foles not playing football? If you're trying to win. Again, I'm not saying Nick Foles is good. He's better than Ellinger. And it's not even close. I like some of the attributes that Sam Ellinger has. I like that he's a mobile guy. I like that he's exciting. I like that he's excited. He's not very good. And if you're going to tank and try to get yourselves into this quarterback rich, I say quarterback rich. There's a couple of good quarterbacks coming in the first round. If you're going to try to tank and get yourself a guy, okay. All right, then. Fair enough. It's going to be a real fucking boring season. And I don't even understand why you're two and a half games out of the division lead with a defense that's playing really, really good. The Colts' defense is fantastic. And they've played as such. You're two and a half games out with a defense that's that, 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 that is that good. And you're telling me that Nick Foles can't come in and try to pull some Trent Dilfer shit. I don't think this defense is as good as that Ravens defense was in 2000, but it's pretty damn good. So I don't know what I'll think if Sam Ellinger is still starting when I'm in Vegas on Sunday to watch the Colts and to watch Jeff Saturday's debut in person. I don't know what I'll be, what'll go through my mind. So again, I hoping, hoping the Saturday hiring was not a tank move, hoping it was, I, I, to be completely honest, I don't understand it. The whole time I'm hearing this and I'm like, what, why, why just Saturday? Why just, here's a, here's some audio that I have. Here's a, here's Pat McAfee finding out that uh, Frank Reich had been fired. This is before we knew Jeff Saturday was coming. Here's Pat McAfee finding out Frank Reich had been fired. I have no idea if it has been 100% Frank Reich's fault. I have no idea if there's any change that could go into the head coaching position with this particular roster sitting in this uh, position that they are sitting in right now that can turn things all the way around. What I do know is that an offensive line that used to be good and is the highest-paid offensive line in football stinks now. Absolutely stinks. The Matt Ryan situation did not work out. Sam Ellinger gets exposed by Bill Belichick yesterday. The offense has been both boring, unexplosive, and inept through the entirety of this entire season, and that did not change with a quarterback change or an offensive coordinator firing one week ago. Yeah. So there are problems in Indy that may stretch beyond the firing of Frank Reich. But the problems in Indy started there. Everybody's trying to blame Chris Ballard. Here's what I understand about trying to blame Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard has hit at almost every position except for quarterback. And I think the quarterback carousel was largely influenced by Frank Wright. Chris Ballard has hit. Chris Ballard built this defense. Chris Ballard put together this offensive line. And before you shit on this offensive line, they stink. They do. But there, this wasn't supposed to be. Letting Mark Lewinsky go was a, was a big mistake. But outside of that, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, that unit, it's weird. It's weird how bad they are. Very, very weird how bad they are. To proportions that I don't even understand. You bring in an offensive lineman, a center, a ring of honor center, Maybe should be a Hall of Fame center. Who knows? Snapping footballs to Peyton Manning for all those years. You bring him in. Pat McAfee finds out about it. Here's the reaction. This is an interesting one. According to colleague Tom Pelissero, Jeff Saturday is the Colts interim coach. Jeff Saturday. What? No. All right, Jeff. Let's go, baby. Jeff Saturday. Jeff. What? what? No, you're lying. Best. Jim Mercer is the best human on earth. <laughs> Tom Pelissero, the Colts are named Jeff Saturday. He's the interim coach. You could have been the interim coach. No way. I, I'm not Jeff Saturday. If you do Wait, remember. Wait, Pat, have you missed Hey, I'm not joking. 
Have you missed any calls since we've been on air from Brisset <laughs> or anyone? No, I have not. I've not been asked to join the coaching staff. If Jeff would like to extend the invite, he knows the check is going to have to be very big. <laughs> he would not have access. To so, underwhelmed reaction, right? <clears throat> very underwhelmed reaction uh, by McAfee and his crew. It was the same reaction that everyone had. You hear the name Jeff Saturday. You're a Colts fan. You're automatically excited. Why are we talking about Jeff Saturday? And then you hear he's the new coach, and you're like, as a guy who's outside of the situation, you're like, well, he must be qualified. <laughs> and then you you see that he's just, just been a high school coach. Like, he just a uh, – now, a lot of people will – say things like, well, all he's done is coach high school football. No. No. He's been a leader on football fields. He's been a leader in locker rooms. He's been a leader for this for the NFL Players Association. He's he's a proven leader. He's a proven leader who led a, a very good pass blocking offensive line in the Peyton Manning era. Like there are there are qualifications outside of coaching that make him a <sighs> Maybe a good fit for the for the for the position. We're gonna talk about what interim means though. And we're gonna talk about some outrage in this that I don't know if it's I don't know if it's well guided. I'm a little afraid to talk about it. But you know, interim basically Jeff Saturday is a stopgap in the head coaching. He's somebody to fill that role. Jeff Saturday might be given an opportunity there to show what he can do as a head coach. I mean, he's going to have to win over a locker room first, win over a coaching staff first, and then win a win a football game. When you win, everything's better, right? But the thing is, Jeff Saturday is probably not going to be the Colts head coach next year. Nobody thinks that Jeff Saturday is going to be the Colts' next head coach. And like I said, if he comes out and wins the next seven games, gets him into the playoffs... Do we remember Rich Bisaccia took over for John Gruden last year? Mid-season firing, mid-season, mid-season, mid-season step down. John Gruden had some things that he had said in the past come to the surface. Got away from, got away from the role, probably mutually for the better of the Raiders. You know, whether your opinion on that is whatever, it doesn't matter. Rich Bisaccia takes over. Raiders still go to the playoffs. Players love Rich Bisaccia. Rich Bisaccia won football games, won the locker room. Josh McDaniels hired as Raiders head coach. That's the one I didn't understand. And this was just last season. So now when you look at Jeff Saturday, who's taken over a team who talent-wise should be better than 3-5-1, and one, but just aren't, like, you're starting from a, a spot that was you're starting from further behind, I guess maybe than Basaccia did. And you've got to grow this. And, and and all this is said, you know, assuming Jeff Saturday's right, the goal is to win and not tank. You got a you got a bigger hill to climb. And you may not make the playoffs. Like Jeff Saturday can be successful in this role and not make the playoffs. Okay. He can have all the success in the world and not be able to climb out of the hole and, and not make the playoffs that depending, depending on the goal, you know, you're only as successful as the goal is to me. The goal is to get the team in the going in the right direction. If you couldn't climb out of the hole that somebody else dug. I mean, that doesn't mean you're not a success. So we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, saw a little something last night. I sat down to dinner uh, and uh, read something on the internet. Didn't care for it. Uh, had immediate backlash from me about it. I uh, wanted to dig deeper into it. Dig, dig deeper into it. Put my thoughts out there about it. But a lot of uh, vitriol on the internet about Jeff Saturday getting hired into this role. Whilst uh, other Qualified candidates did not uh, get offered this role. And it's, uh, I saw a tweet from Jamel Hill said, I like Jeff Saturday, enjoyed working with him at ESPN. This is not a critique of him, 
but rather an NFL system that constantly moves the goalposts for white coaches but holds black coaches to tighter standards. A black coach likely would have never be in Jeff's position. Would never be in Jeff's position. So when I read that, and I thought, I didn't even know this was going to be a thing. Like, I didn't know that, that we're still constantly thinking about this, largely because we're in the middle of the season. Like, and I, I started thinking about these guys that maybe the Colts passed over, you know, for these, for these, for this interim role. And I thought to myself, you know, maybe they should have thought about these guys, but I mean, I, I put, I put a list together in my head. I started thinking Brian Flores. He's in Pittsburgh. He's a senior defensive assistant linebackers coach. Byron Leftwich, Tampa Bay offensive coordinator. He's probably interested in getting the, the Bucks to the playoffs right now. He's thinking about other things right now. Eric Bieniemy, Kansas City offensive coordinator. George Edwards, Minnesota D coordinator. Jim Caldwell, out there and available, but has been the Colts head coach. Has been there and done that already. Whether they wanted to revisit that or not. Leslie Frazier, Buffalo defensive coordinator. All qualified people of color. Well qualified people of color. For a head coaching role. Now, whether they not want one or not is is I, I don't I don't dig that deep and I don't have that kind of access. But it, I I started thinking about those guys. I thought about how Saturday was just kind of like yeah there was no process it's just boom here we go and normally it would be a guy like Gus Bradley who would just be promoted into the role or when Reich made the decision to fire Marcus Brady. Like, it'd be a guy like, you know, Gus Bradley, Marcus Brady, one of those guys just elevated into the role. I don't know what Ursay's thoughts were on reaching out to Jeff Saturday, and maybe he reached out to a bunch of guys. Maybe he reached out to Peyton. Maybe he reached out to whomever. I don't know what his thoughts were on, on grabbing Saturday and have him fill that role. But I, I wanted to... <laughs> And it sucks to have to dance around this. Like, but the reality is, like, it's an interim head coaching job. And this morning, I, I was still thinking about this and toiling over how I was going to talk about this. And I said to myself, I said, what if Rich Basaccia were an African-American head football coach? What if it were Rich Basaccia were an African-American and he was promoted to interim head coach for the remainder of the season in the absence of Gruden. Had success, got the Raiders to the playoffs, and then passed over for the, for the job at the end of the day by Josh McDaniels, another white head coach. Like, what if that, what if Rich Basaccia were a person of color? And... I, look, I get it. The Dolphins look. The Dolphins were horrible with to to Brian Flores. There are situations. I'm not denying that there are situations where this is an issue. I don't think. I don't think that. I'm just trying to figure out a, a, a way to not dance around this. I don't think that every situation is this issue. Um, but the fact that it's even remotely out there, the, the Brian Flores situation with the Dolphins, look at it. It makes everyone think, God damn, like how long are we going to have to deal with this? Like when are we just going to start treating people like people? But in this particular case, to to point it at, at Jeff Saturday, and, and make the inclination that maybe he wouldn't be in the spot he was in if he were if he were a person of color. I, I think is I think it's unfair. I think it's irresponsible because when you think about it, an interim head coach is a temporary head coach. This isn't an opportunity. Like and maybe it is, but it's not a good one. Like it does get a foot in the door. But at the end of the year, you're 99 times out of 100, 
99% chance at the end of the year, Jeff Saturday, if he wants to continue coaching after this little stretch with coaching, if he, if he wants to go back into coaching, he's going to have to do it somewhere else. Like this isn't going to be his job next year. 99 chances, 99 out of 100, not going to be his job next year. And again, you point to like Rich Bisaccia, these interim guys that are going to fight for head coaching roles. Jeff Saturday doesn't have the weight he has in Indianapolis anywhere else. He knows people in Green Bay. It was a Pro Bowl center for the Packers too. But to me, this was really irresponsible. And I think made something that wasn't anything into anything. Now, there are, don't get me wrong, there are situations where, where things are, where the Miami Dolphins, again, I just point to their treatment of really anybody. Like they, the Miami Dolphins have a history of not treating people of color well. Everyone remembers Richie Incognito. They were just kind of like, yeah, it's not a really big deal, is it? But this was a weird one for me. This was weird because, like I said, if Rich Bisaccia, a guy who I believe will experience similar fate than, to Jeff Saturday, whether Jeff Saturday has success Bisaccia had or not is, is yet to be seen. But Rich Bisaccia, you do that, you, you, you give him that interim job, he gets you to the playoffs, and then you pass him over for Josh McDaniels. If Rich Bisaccia were a person of color, shit would have hit the fan. But it didn't. We didn't think twice about it. The locker room, the players wanted Bisaccia, and they didn't get him. They got Josh McDaniels, and they're two and fucking six. And we don't talk about that. So. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, there's my opinion. I feel like I felt like I had to share it. It was so close to the Colts and so close to the situation, and I feel like it's a dark cloud over what is the situation that is in Indy, which if you look at me and, and you're like me, you look at this as an exciting kind of positive, like, like I've got to look at this positively, right? I'm going to be in Las Vegas on Sunday. I'm going to be there for Jeff Saturday's head coaching debut in the fucking stadium. In Allegiant Stadium, I get to see this motherfucker, this spaceship that I've watched over the years being built. I go back to Vegas, you know, two or three times a year, and every time I go, it's a little more built, a little more built, a little more built. Then it was a stadium. Then in 2020, I couldn't fucking go to it because of COVID. Now the Colts are there. It's 2022. It's this Sunday. I get to be there at Allegiant Stadium. Double down on that shit. Here's the best part. Sunday is the Munich game. This coming Sunday, the Munich game. So what that means for me, uh, okay, what that means for me is I got to hold on and get back to the spot where I was here on the, on the good old internet. Okay, there we are. <laughs> Sunday is the Munich game, Munich, Germany. Uh, Seahawks Buccaneers playing in Munich, Germany, Sunday, November 13th, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. What is that, Sean, you say? 6.30 a.m. Eastern, or 6.30 a.m. Pacific. That's right. I get to watch football on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I got to lock those bets in the night before. <clears throat> so here's the thing. I get to watch football in Vegas on Sunday from 6.30 a.m., up until about 8 o'clock probably when the Sunday night game ends. 6.30 a.m., 8 o'clock. Now, it's yet to be seen whether I can make kickoff for a 6.30 a.m. game after a Saturday night of partying in Vegas. I don't know how hard I'll go Saturday night. I'm going to go get some dinner, like land, get my Uber, get my hotel room. By that time, it's already 7, 8 o'clock. Go get some dinner. Going to Andiamo, Joe Vacari's Andiamo Steakhouse at the D, Las Vegas. It's the best steakhouse on the planet. It's not the best steakhouse on the planet, but it's my favorite. Okay, Saturday night, Vegas. Do a little moseying around Saturday night. Okay, enjoy Fremont Street. 
Get to bed early. Night, night. Okay. Night, night time. Because at 6.30 a.m., the Seahawks and Buccaneers kick off in Munich, Germany, and that'll start my day of football. I get to watch that game. Bets in. The 1 o'clock games, which will be 10 o'clock games in Las Vegas. Bets in. About halfway through the 1 o'clock games, get my little Uber. Okay. Little Uber driver, take me to Allegiant Stadium. Don't charge me a surge. Don't charge me a fucking surge. I don't want to pay that shit. Okay? Look, this should be like a $20 Uber ride. Allegiant Stadium. I get to see this big-ass spaceship, Colts Raiders, 4.05 p.m. Eastern Sunday. Going to be a 1 o'clock game for me. I'm so jacked to be there. Then I leave Allegiant Stadium. Stumble back downtown. Back to Circa Sportsbook. Chargers Niners, Sunday, November 13th, Sunday Night Football. What a day. What a day. Fly out of there Monday morning, hopefully with the the pants I took. Okay, like I don't know what's going to happen. Okay, it's going to be a fun time in Vegas. I'm going to be there a couple days. Uh, Sunday, big day of football. Here's what I'm going to do Sunday, all day Sunday. Uh, So when football happens on Sunday, like I do a Sunday pre-show. I like to get online here on live like I do and talk about football. And you think that me being in Las Vegas is going to change that. You are fucking crazy. So Sunday, it'll be like, <laughs> it'll be like six o'clock in the morning for me. And this is if I wake up, of course, this is if I wake up, I will go live on Sunday from the sports book. I promise you that I'm hoping it's at 6am and I'm also hoping it's at 6am. Not because I was up all night the night before. But that's possible. 6 a.m. is my plan to go live. Little pre-show Munich game. Going to enjoy that Munich game. Go live again from Allegiant Stadium. Preview to the Colts game. Go live again Sunday night. Day of football. We're going to have fun on Sunday, man. And I'm all over social media anyway. It's what I do. It's I, I like the attention. I, I'd be lying and, and remiss if I said anything else. But uh, so, yeah, all day on the internet. All day having the blast. Sunday. From Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium, uh, making all the TikToks. Uh, I, I cannot wait to see this spaceship of a stadium. So look forward to that on Sunday. I will be here not until then because Thursday, again, work duty calls. Okay. I like to do these Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday at 11. Sunday is obviously a different day. It's going to be all day Sean B. Show, Vegas football show. I got to remember that I said that and what order I said those words in because that might be the title of it. But Thursday, no can do on the 11 a.m. These Thursday shows, last three, about this one and the last two, canceled. When I get back from Vegas, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, 11 a.m., that's going to be how it goes. I promise I'm going to get there. And with that being said, I promise I'm going to get the fuck out of here. 